It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the July 10th episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. want to thank you so much for making us a part of your day and coming up on this podcast. We are going to be talking about Carmelo Anthony and the possibilities of trading Carmelo. Where would he accept a trade to since he has veto power? More importantly, the Houston Rockets are now targeting Carmelo Anthony and does that give the Thunder a little bit of leverage in trying to pull off a trade and not having to waive Carmelo Anthony, stretch him, and pay him him all that money over a three-year period? Is there a chance that the Rockets could actually bite on some offer that the Thunder throws out? We'll discuss that in segment number one, as well as look at the Summer League, what we've learned about the Oklahoma City Thunder, and what we saw in yesterday's game against the Toronto Raptors. In segment two, we're going to do some low-hanging fruit. I I don't normally like to do low-hanging fruit, but it's out there. And I am very emotional about this topic, and that is, should everyone or anyone ever wear the number 35 again for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Derek Fisher threw that out during the Summer League broadcast on Saturday when the Thunder were playing against the Brooklyn Nets. I have some strong opinions on that. What I'd like to see done with the number 35 here in Oklahoma City, and kind of what our reaction of for Kevin Durant or to Kevin Durant is going to be in, say, the next 10 years. Not even the next five years, but the next 10 years. Or eventually when Kevin Durant retires, how are we going to remember him in Oklahoma City? That's segment number two. And then segment number three, more low-hanging fruit from Derek Fisher and the crew on NBA TV from Saturday's game. And that is this. I'm going to tell you why eventually. And it's going to happen, OU fans. Why the Thunder will be the number one sports property, number one sports passion 
here in the state of Oklahoma, especially in Oklahoma City. Why that's going to happen, when that's going to happen, I'll disclose all that in segment number three of the podcast. If you don't know who I am, and I try and introduce myself every podcast, my name's Eric G. I did radio here in Oklahoma City for a while and maybe doing it again soon, and that's all I'll say about that. But I do want to throw that tease out there just to kind of whet the appetite. Um, hosted a lot of Thunder post games, did the occasional Thunder pregame. I've covered the team for five years. I also worked for another publication called Thunder Digest, and I can't say enough good things about those. I'm not a writer, and if you like to read articles on the Oklahoma City Thunder, I highly recommend you go to thunderdigest.com. I'm a podcaster, I'm a broadcaster, and trying to put all these crazy thoughts down in a Word document or on a piece of paper just doesn't work. That's why I've got people at Thunder Digest that I highly recommend that you go and read every single day. And thanks to Chuck Cheney for letting me leech off them for now almost a year. So let's jump into it today and talk some Oklahoma City Thunder basketball And the Houston Rockets still have some decisions to make. They have not gotten Clint Capella back yet. And that has to be their number one target. If they want any chance of competing with Golden State, who just went out and signed to Marcus Cousins, you've got to get Clint Capella. You have to have that inside presence while keeping up with Golden State from beyond the arc. And surely Houston's going to be able to keep up with them in the three-point line. We've seen that. The Rockets were one win away from taking out the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, but you got to lock up Clint Capella. You can't do it without him. Well, they lost Luke Mabamute, and now they're going after Carmelo Anthony, or at least their target is Carmelo Anthony. And they believe they can get Carmelo Anthony for next to nothing. Okay, this puts the Thunder in a really good position because what the Rockets are banking on is A, Carmelo Anthony wants to play for them and I firmly believe that the only places that Carmelo Anthony would not veto a trade to would be Houston and the Lakers. I think every place else he would just say, nope, not going there and you're screwed. We know that Houston wants him, that's out there in the ether. So now it falls on Sam Presti to pick up the phone, and I'm not saying he has it, because there's part of me that, as I'm saying this, has to think that, A, Sam Presti's a lot smarter than me, B, they always tell you in radio, especially in sports talk radio, never go with your first thought. It's always your third thought that is the most compelling, most interesting, because it's the thought that nobody has come up with yet. Your first thought, everybody's thought of. Well, today, I'm going on first thought, which is I have to think that Sam Presti has picked up the phone and called Houston and talked Carmelo Anthony trade. I can't think that I just thought of that today and Sam Presti hasn't. But if Houston wants Carmelo Anthony so bad, do you want to take the shot of the Thunder waving Carmelo Anthony, stretching him, him clearing waivers, and then deciding all of a sudden that he'd rather play with Banana Boat Buddy LeBron versus Banana Boat Buddy Chris Paul and James Harden. Which honestly, I think the combination of Chris Paul, Harden, and Carmelo Anthony would be a hell of a lot of fun to cover. And if I'm covering the Houston Rockets, I am begging for that to happen. And if you are a Rockets fan and you're listening to this, 
and you have friends in the media that may not know Carmelo Anthony all that well, I'm telling you, that would be a treat to cover those guys. Because all of them seem pretty professional and like they're willing to talk and have opinions. I'm just saying it'd be a lot of fun to cover. All right, so back to the whole idea of trading Carmelo Anthony. Now it's up to the Thunder to decide what they want for Carmelo Anthony. And if you're Houston, there has to be a breaking point. You don't want to give up a premium for a guy that's in his 30s, pushing mid-30s, who had a who had his worst season ever last year, and you're going to take on that $28 million salary. You also have to clear cap space, so it's not an easy decision for Houston as to how they can move all these puzzle pieces and make it fit. But if I'm Sam Presti, I'm constantly working that angle now for the next few days on the phone with Houston. Daryl Morey talking to him, flying down, having lunch, getting in front of him, doing everything I can to entice him and throw it out there and make Daryl Morey feel like you have more information than he does about Carmelo Anthony wanting to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. And then again, Maury's a very smart guy, so when he moved that I honestly believe that Sam Presti could throw out, Maury would have that counter to. And the Rockets now feel like they're in the catbird seat because they can just wait for Carmelo Anthony to get done and then roll the dice. And maybe not. And maybe if they don't get Carmelo Anthony, they don't consider it all that big a loss. Especially if they somehow get Clint Capella. So this is... This is an intriguing moment for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we always talk about these moves that Sam Presti can make and impress us with. And if he if he's able to pull off a move now, if he's able to pull off this move and trade Carmelo Anthony to the Houston Rockets, then I think we as a public just have to acknowledge that even though every move Sam Presti has made hasn't necessarily turned out to be gold or turned out the way that we liked it, is that the dude not only knows what he's doing, but he knows how to get over. And I'm not sure any GM in the NBA should know how to get over on another GM because all these guys are incredibly intelligent. Speaking of Clint Capella, he wants $100 million from the Rockets, the Rockets wanting to offer him $60 million dollars. Everybody just needs to come to an agreement on that because can't we all agree that this is about taking down the Houston Rockets or not the Houston Rockets, but the Golden State Warriors? Can't we all agree if the Thunder aren't going to do it, then the Rockets need to take down the Warriors? Ah, yeah, no, I'm going back and forth on that. No, I still want the Thunder to do it. Still want the Thunder to take down the Warriors. Even if the Thunder don't win a championship, Just want to go through the Warriors and knock them out of the playoffs. Just need that satisfaction of taking down the Golden State Warriors. Summer League wrapping up. The Thunder finished 2-1 last time I checked, which was this morning. They're in 12th place. They've gotten 8 points. I'll be honest, I have no idea what that does for the playoffs and the championship. But I would think 2-1, 8 points, and there's a slate of games today. Thunder probably needs some teams to lose in order for them to get in. But heck, they might get in and have an opportunity to win this. And if we've if you've looked at the Thunder's play the last couple of days, they're good enough to win the Summer League. Now, I'll admit, I haven't been watching anybody other than the Thunder in the Summer League. But from what I've seen, they're pretty darn good. However, I want to pump the brakes on a, on a couple of things with the Summer League. One, yesterday the defense that the Oklahoma City Thunder played 
against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Raptors shot 80 of 27, so they missed a, a ton of shots yesterday. Thunder were really good, though. Uh, Thunder shot 52% from the field, 58% or 59% actually from beyond the arc, and, well, 51, 51% from the free throw line, but that's very Thunder-esque. So even the Thunder team, even the Thunder Summer League team has issues shooting free throws, dominated inside the paint, and Dakari Johnson has had a really good Summer League um, Rashawn Thomas was great yesterday with a double-double going 5 of 9 from the field showing off some athletic ability. Hamadou Diallo took a, a bit of a step back and you're going to see that in Summer League. You're going to see some inconsistencies. But whether it's, you know, Devon Hall or uh, Deontay Burton or Rashawn Thomas or any of these guys, Ferguson, even, you know, P.J. Dozier who had a really good game, Ferguson, any of these guys, I just, I caution and I have to remember... It is Summer League. And because it's Summer League and because they're not playing NBA competition, I don't want to get too excited about that. You know, I don't want to take one Hamadou Diallo game and go, okay, I see a lot of potential there, which, yeah, it's easy to do. You say you see potential, but training camp. Training camp is where it really all comes together when they're getting to go against the guys like Paul George, like Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams, and getting to get in there and play against better competition, that's when I would think that Billy Donovan, Sam Presti, and all the talent judges in Oklahoma City, scouts, have you get a better read on what these guys can do. And if you can perform consistently in training camp and consistently during preseason games, then I'm going to feel a little bit better about carrying you on the roster and putting you out on the court. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G., your gracious and humble host. Coming up next, why no one should ever wear the number 35 ever again in Oklahoma City. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanks again for joining us today or making us a part of your day. If you like what you hear, please go to LockedOnThunder.com. We've got all our podcasts archived and we even have video and audio from players, coaches, and members of the front office. And in fact, I just tweeted out an old podcast, an updated old podcast. Well, sort of an updated old podcast. It's called LAL Confidential. It was right before Paul George had made his decision And it was about the wooing process that the Lakers were going to go through. That's kind of fun to revisit. But I updated it because much like when an artist re-releases an album, I updated the cover. I actually just updated the picture. And it's a picture of one of the billboards that Los Angeles had about Paul George. So I I don't know if it makes the podcast any better. But when an artist re-releases an album and updates the cover, I'm always the first to buy it. Even if I've heard every song a million times and own it on about six different platforms. I am that guy. 
Let's jump back into the podcast and talk about what Derek... Okay, this is low... I will admit this is low-hanging fruit. This is Derek Fisher from Saturday talking about how P.J. Dozier's wearing the number 35 and nobody in Oklahoma City Thunder history should ever wear that number again. Derek, I agree with you. But I totally disagree with you that that number deserves to be retired. It's not a number that deserves to be retired. It's a number of shame. And anybody who gets the number 35, here's what should happen with the number 35. Not only should it not hang from the rafters, not only should it be emotionally burned, not necessarily physically burned like everybody did a couple of years ago when Durant decided to go to Golden State, but emotionally burned and buried in the depths of the equipment room to never see the light of day in a game again. The number 35 is like that scarlet A. Yeah, you remember that? (laughs) Remember that from high school? Yeah, it's the scarlet letter. That's what the number 35 is. Here's what you do with the number 35. Whenever a player goes in the doghouse, he's late to a meeting, he does something in a game that you've told him not to do a thousand times, He decides to loaf in practice. They're not showing up. They're not giving good effort. He has an issue with one of his teammates, and you know fully that that, that he's in the wrong. He says something in the media that criticizes one of his teammates, which, hey, maybe we like, but you as an organization, knowing the Thunder, probably wouldn't like. Here's what you do with that number 35. You force them to wear it in practice. And if they play in the G League, you force them to wear it that night. It is a signal of embarrassment. In other words, you get for a 24-hour time period, you get the snake award. As somebody who has done something that is um, that is embarrassing to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Conduct, conduct unbecoming of a member of the Thunder, that is the person who should get to wear the number 35. That's the only time it should ever come out is when somebody finds themselves not in favor with Sam Presti or not in favor of Billy Donovan. That's who gets saddled with that number. It's not an honor to wear the number 35. It is shame to wear the number 35. It's the dunce cap of the Oklahoma City Thunder jerseys. It's the one you don't want to wear because now... You are compared to Kevin Durant, who by all accounts is persona non grata in Oklahoma City. Maybe he isn't for some fans, but for me, Kevin Durant is persona non grata and will continue to be that way until he pulls the LeBron James, comes back to Oklahoma City and wins a championship. And I'm I'm not even really sure I want him to do that. A, I don't see him doing that. I think there's a better chance of maybe him winning another championship in Golden State and then going down to play with LeBron and the Lakers than I do see him ever coming back to Oklahoma City. Not only that, Kevin Durant, by winning back-to-back titles at GSW, now has an opportunity, and not only winning back-to-back titles, but also winning back-to-back MVPs. Got to throw that in there. Now has an opportunity to have his number retired there. And I would think that the way Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City and some of the things that he has said since he has left the Thunder organization make him want to be remembered more as a warrior by most people than Oklahoma City. 
And Durant's the one said, hey, you're going to look at me as a pioneer. Nah, not really, dude. We'll look at Russell Westbrook as the pioneer. We'll look at Russell Westbrook as the guy that committed to Oklahoma City for five years and wanted to stay here. We'll look at Paul George in a favorable light because Paul George, when he had the opportunity to go west and play for his hometown, the Los Angeles Lakers, committed to the Thunder for four years and signed a contract that may keep him here longer than that because he can opt out and come in at certain times. Kevin Durant gave up his right to have his jersey retired, have the statue, and have all the accolades that historically great players get when he made that move to Golden State. And as a result, I don't ever want to see the number 35 worn again, whether it's by P.J. Dozier or anyone else. The only time I ever want to see that number come out is when a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder has done something that is so egregious that you just have to saddle it with him for a 24-hour time period. In fact, maybe that's something we do here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. We'll call it the 35 Award. When you embarrass the Oklahoma City Thunder, we'll give you the 35 Award for today. But Derek Fisher, I understand where you're coming from. You're a player. I get that players should should do things for themselves because organizations and fans will use them up and vice versa. I understand all that. But as a fan, we're emotionally attached. We're financially attached to these teams. We buy the jerseys. We buy the tickets. We go to these games. We give them our heart and soul. And a lot of times, we get our feelings stomped on. If that sounds overly dramatic, it's overly dramatic. But that's what the number 35 is for right now. It's the number of shame. And as far as we view Kevin Durant, 10 years from now when he retires, hey, bro, thanks for all your time in Oklahoma City. But if you want to be, be remembered as a warrior, then that's what I'm going to remember you as, as a warrior and as a snake. That's it. Kevin Durant, done. Persona non grata, 35, the number of shame. I have to remember that now. Write that down. 35 award. When you embarrass the Oklahoma City Thunder, you now get the 35 award. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up in the next segment, I'm going to tell you why eventually Thunder basketball will will overtake OU football as the sport in OKC. It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. This is Jake from Locked on. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thanks for joining us today. It's the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G., your very gracious and humble host. And, uh, wow, so much is going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're still waiting for Carmelo Anthony to get traded. 
Back to Saturday and the summer league game against the Brooklyn Nets in which the Thunder totally dominated and we learned a lot about Hamadou Diallo and his athletic ability if you hadn't seen him before and I hadn't so man that was a treat to watch but Derek Fisher again gave us some low-hanging fruit and he was asked the question or he was talking about how Oklahoma City embraced the Thunder embraced it in football country and was asked about Sooners football versus Thunder basketball is how it was phrased what's bigger OU football or Thunder basketball well right now there's no question it's OU football it's very deeply entrenched into the culture of what Oklahoma is and I, sort of the way that I see the Thunder is the Thunder are Oklahoma City's property not always the state even though the, the Thunder do a great job of marketing to the state of Oklahoma and I get people who uh, tweet me and say hey man I'm from Woodward or I'm from Tulsa or I'm in Idabel or wherever and I watch the Thunder all the time I still have to think that rural America or rural Oklahoma is still more committed to college football than they are NBA basketball. But here's what's going to happen in Oklahoma City. And I think I think in rural Oklahoma, it will always be college football first. NBA will come second. But the Thunder's going to continue to grow. And it all it's going to start with kids who are nine years old now, 10 years old now, where my where my son is, my youngest son. They've grown up in an age where the Thunder have been there their entire life. And the older they get, that will be the generation that puts the Thunder number one because they've been inundated with it. And especially if you live in Edmond or Yukon or Oklahoma City or Mustang, like if you have to come to Oklahoma City, there aren't many OU football billboards. Well, one, OU football doesn't need them because the season tickets are sold out. But there are always Thunder billboards. The Thunder games are on more often than OU football games are because they're on once a week. Thunder's on every day. And think about this for a second. And this is something that, that really kind of hit me. Why re- there was a wide receiver out of Millwood who committed to the University of Texas this weekend, which is big news here. And if you're not from Oklahoma, that's huge news. Didn't choose to go to Oklahoma, didn't choose to go to Oklahoma State, chose to go to the University of Texas, Probably the biggest, in air quotes, sin you can commit (laughs) is to not play for one of the state schools and go play for the one that they hate the most. All that being said, as much as I saw on Twitter about that, there was infinitely more on Twitter about Paul George, about Nerland's Noel, about Jeremy Grant, and what are the Thunder going to do, about Carmelo Anthony. And for most people recruiting is one of those things where you've got to be on the message boards. You've got to know the guys to follow on Twitter. You've got to keep up with it. You've got to be into high school football to really follow it. But NBA free agency is a hit record. While I would say football recruiting is kind of an independent record, it's like an independent band that's going to that's gonna play and everyone thinks is cool. This is NBA free agency is a Beyonce record everybody's talking about it. When I say everybody, I mean ESPN, NBA TV, your local CBS News. They're going to tell you when LeBron James signed or when or, or when Paul George signs. So it's easier to keep up with. You know the names. You know what these guys deliver. And as the younger generations progress and gravitate towards that versus gravitate towards what college football was, 
that's when you'll see the Thunder take over. So give it some time. Let these kids who are 9 and 10 years old get into their 20s, get into their 30s, and Thunder Blue is going to bleed here. It's going to bleed big time, and at least in the metro area, it's going to take over as the number one sport. It's going to be a while, and I understand that the Thunder are going to go through some downtimes, like every professional organization does, but because they're the only major league team here in Oklahoma City, I'm willing to say that I think people will stick it out with them more so than they would if you had a couple of other major league teams to kind of fall back on. And yeah, you've got OU football to fall back on, but I think there's always going to be not just a not just a big interest in the Thunder, but a do-or-die interest in the Thunder. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Have a fantastic day. Remember, everybody love everyone, and peace, love, and Thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.